Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and I have a great panel with me who are also joining me to kick off Pride Month, our Pride Month celebration. And we're going to be kicking it off on Friday with a look at LGBTQIA plus representation in television, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, you know, I've just kind of <laughs> titling it that as well. But that'll be a really, really great conversation. I'm looking forward to that. So my panel consists of one of the co-hosts of Bedwetter Behead, Carla, and then <laughs> the co-host of Liberty Diner Dish, Ishel. Both of them will be on later this month to talk about Queer as Folk, and fingers crossed Ken will be there too, since I think that curse lifted, but who knows, maybe. <laughs> and then Tiff is here too. You know, of course, Tiff always comes to us from her lovely ballroom. She is the most, um, I don't know what the word I was looking for, but uh, she's the most glamorous of all of us. She's always in the most glamorous location of all of us. Yes. So glam in my hoodie right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You could have said your hoodie, like, bejeweled with diamonds. (laughs) <laughs> it has Swarovski crystals on it. You just can't see it. <laughs> it's a very modern tiara. Tiaras are so 18th century. The modern tiara is really a hoodie with bedecked, you know, little front hood area. <laughs> it's it's completely it's completely jeweled out in the back. You just can't see it. Yes, I mean, like get with the times, please. <laughs> get with the times. <laughs> Well, I'm happy to have all three of you here with me today to kick off Pride Month. I'm very excited for the episodes we have coming up. So before we get into that, though, I want to first know, Carla, what is one thing in fandom or pop culture that you're into right now? Okay, so listen, I'm watching this show, right? And I'm just, this has happened to me so many times where I'm just sitting there minding my own show business and just watching something that is interesting. And then boom, there comes like an unexpected, you know, like church angle, like a, like a biblical angle. And I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Why couldn't you be upfront and say, hey, listen, so this is going to take, you know, a big detour into aspects of Christianity and stuff. So I can be like, "Mm." Maybe some other time, but 
here's the problem. It's really good. So the show that I'm talking about is called Mrs. Davis and it's on Peacock. And what like the very first episode, like the very first scene, this isn't like a spoiler. It takes, you know, like this part of it takes place in France and they're about to like execute like the, the Knights Templar. And then they go and they're like, Oh, there's somebody who got away. And then they go to like this, this place and there's like all of these nuns and they're doing nun things. And they're like, Hey, what's up, sister? So listen, there's a guy that we're pretty sure is here. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, like, okay, but you have the Holy Grail, right? And they're like, but do we? And then like they come and they're like, don't mess with us. And then the sister's like, no, don't mess with us. And so lots of swords going around. And then they're like, oh, like there's one sister who survives. And like the, the, the nun who doesn't survive is like, take the grill with you to America. And she's like, bet. And then like, next thing you know, you're in 2023 United States and it's all run by AI. So it starts out like, okay, so we, we have like the whole Holy Grail thing, which, all right, sure. Why not? Um, Monty Python has probably done it better, but you know, let, let's not get hung up on that. And then you get like this whole thing where like, it's a, you know, cautionary tale about what happens when AI kind of takes over and rules and runs everything. So you're like, I can get with the, with that. That is a very timely topic. Yes. Let's talk about that. And then that of nowhere, church stuff. And you're like, what? Why? And then you remember there's stuff about the Holy Grail and the Holy Grail, like the thing with the Jesus drinking it of the Holy Grail. So that, that's why it's holy and not just the cup. It's like the Holy Grail because it's only all tiny. So, and you're like so confused and you're like, but, but okay. So how, how much more churchy are we going to get with this? And like, what kind of churchy thing are we doing with this? Like, where are we? Like, I'm very confused because of, again, the times. So, I'm on like episode, I think three or four. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, mostly because the guy who plays the, the, the male lead was Gregor on what we do in the shadows. And Gregor was very important to me in what we do in the shadows because he was very good looking. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt and that is being ruled by by hormones really and i think that that's okay because i am um perimenopausal and i'm gonna let my hormones do their thing because why not you know like i just want to live my life so that's where i am right now in pop culture <laughs> you know it's so funny okay so i have seen a preview for this because it's on it's on peacock and i have seen a preview for this show every day for the past like month or so. And the thing that sticks with me is, is Betty Gilpin, who is the, the main person in it, right? Which is the main person, right? Right. And Tiff. And I know Ishelle had started to watch it too. I think one of the last times all three of us were recording together, maybe. Um, but Betty Gilpin was in the amazing show Glow that uh, I will forever be sad about that. I mean, us not getting that final season. It's so ridiculous. And so I always think of her every time I see her, oh, glow. I miss that show. Mm -hmm. um, but it was interesting when you said, uh, when you started before, before you said which show it was and you're starting, you're like, and then all of a sudden the religious stuff comes in. I'm like, oh, well then it's not that show, Mrs. Davis, because in the trailer, <laughs> it looks like it's all about that. <laughs> I just thought that was funny because I'm like, oh, it is that show. <laughs> yeah, it is that show. The thing is like, she's a nun, yeah. but it's like, you can have things be about nuns and very often, you know, nun things don't have to do with nun things. It's not okay. Like if you watch 
what we do in the shadows, you would get the reference of like, no nuns, none. But since you haven't, that's okay. But yeah, I, I was like, what is this nonsense? So I, like I said, I am very confused. And I, I just want my confusion to pay off. Because if it's a thing of like, okay, whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to speculate. I'm just going to watch. And I'm going to try to enjoy. And if I don't enjoy, I'm going to ask for a refund. Which <laughs> is not really going to be a thing because Peacock is kind of inexpensive. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, no, no, because the trailer that I see, I didn't even know she was a real nun. I thought she was posing as a nun from the trailer. I thought so, too. <laughs> I thought so, too. Because, like, you see, okay, here's the thing. I didn't watch any trailers. I had oh, never see, heard of the show. Like, All I did was I saw the day. cover of it, and I read, like, two, like the one sentence that you can see on the screen before, like, Peter's out, and you're like, you know, press for more. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'll just watch it. So I thought, you know, she's maybe dressed up as a nun as a kind of like undercover thing. And I'm like all about Lady Heroes undercover. And no, she's 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 a nun. And I I just I don't I don't know how I feel about any of this anymore. <laughs> uh, that that was so entertaining to me just hearing you talk about this show. Because <laughs> I've been wondering about this show. So now I finally have heard from someone who's watched it because it keeps recommending it to me. And like I said, I because I watch Peacock like every day. And practically, and um, you know, during the day because I watch Days of Our Lives still. So, uh, and so I see an ad for this all the time, and I also watch a couple of comedy shows on there. And I'm like, should I? Ch- I should check this out, should I? But now I know that it is safe to check this out, <laughs> right? You know, at least up until episode four. Okay, maybe not after. I don't that. know how much more nonsense there is beyond episode four. Nonsense. I don't know how much how like you know. I, I mm, I'll get back to you. I guess. Okay. Well, awesome. No, I'm glad that someone because I've been wondering about this show. So now I heard from someone that's watched it. So, Ishel, what kind of nonsense are you into? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, none yet, but I got to get me some. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I am into, I am entering my PNR book error is where that's where I'm at. So I'm reading like shifter monster romances, Omega verse type stuff. That's kind of where I am right now. Now y'all know I'm a little bit scary and I'm easily freaked out by stuff. That's weird. So, <laughs> so we're going to see how long this era lasts for me, but, but I am trying it. Um, I'm starting out with these two books um, and they are queer retellings of Alice in Wonderland stories. And so the first part is Alistair in Wonderland. And the second part is Cheshire in Heartsland. Those are by Ariella Zoel, I believe. And so the bunny is a shifter in in one book, and then Cheshire the cat is a shifter in the other book. So I'm starting out with those because they're kind of like the shallow end of it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just something lighthearted. Um, so start we're starting out there, then we're gonna work our way up to I think it's Lily Maine, I believe, has a whole monster series thing, and so that is a good series to do for pride month because they're all kind of queer romances i believe or queer pnr books so that that's where we're at that's where we are and we're gonna see if i can uh <laughs> if i can stick to it and not scare myself so yeah that's what i'm into right now i i think <laughs> i love that that caveat of i think <laughs> yeah, i think i'm into this until i start getting scared and then i back out of this quickly so <laughs> 
Awesome. I Once again, I love it because basically every time Eshelle is on here, I know we're going to get some book recommendations. And I love that just because we don't always get that. So I really appreciate Eshelle bringing those to us. So thank you. We get it, Erin. We'll read more. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she is really trying to push literacy out here. <laughs> it's a one-woman campaign. She's, she's like, get your education on, please. <laughs> Stop watching things. Just yeah. <laughs> We're going to limit your screen time. It's time to open a book, okay? No Kindles in this piece. <laughs> Paperback and hardback. That's only. right. Can't trust you with a Kindle because you might really be watching something. So, yeah. Paperback only. She'd probably be right, too. <laughs> Go to the library. Yes, as Jen, my podcast brain twin, would say, go to the library. <laughs> so, Tiff, are you into a book or are you going to disappoint me? I'm sorry. I'm clearly going to disappoint you. So a couple of weeks ago, I was actually going to talk about this when, uh, yeah, disaster struck and I couldn't get on the Scrubs podcast because Aaron put a curse on me and Carla. <laughs> Oh my God, that's the new curse. <laughs> that was the curse. It is. It's the Zach Braff curse. Aaron put it Ken is now safe, but anything. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Man, when we talk about Garden State, that's. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you all remember Miss Cleo, right? I think she put roots on me. <laughs> that's how it felt. But anyway, I'm back. So I was going to talk about um, a show and I, uh, now here's the thing. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge fan of binging things. I like to take my time so I can absorb. Uh, I might watch like two episodes in a row and then, you know, let it sit, let it marinate. Let me tell you, I watched The Diplomat on Netflix and it was so flipping good. I watched all eight episodes in about 12 hours. It was ridiculous. It's so good. Just to give you all an idea of the cast. So we've got the ever fabulous Carrie Russell um, playing, uh, and she plays diplomat, ambassador Kate Weiler. She's the ambassador to the UK. And she's thrown in there like without, she thinks she's going to, um, to somewhere in the Middle East as like a um a head of a station there like um you know she works for the foreign service department so she thinks she's going there and then like they pull the rug out from under her and all of a sudden she's the ambassador to the uk and this girl is a disaster she is like a literal disaster she doesn't know how to dress her hair is never done her makeup is not on point like they have to do everything for this child she gets there and she's like and they're like do you want to freshen up? And she's like, I think I'm okay. <laughs> and they're like, do you want to freshen up? <laughs> and she literally like takes off one shirt and she puts on another shirt. She doesn't change her pants. <laughs> she's asking her husband. She sniffs her pits. She sniffs her underarms. And she's like, is it bad? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's a little bad. <laughs> It's a, she's a, and it's, I mean, come on. We know Carrie Russell's pretty glamorous, right? And she, she plays a disaster human so well. And her husband is the, oh my gosh, the fabulous Rufus Sewell, who is just those eyes, that charm. And he is one of the few uh, 
British actors that has always gotten a standard USCN accent correct. You never have, I never have any notes for his accents, like at all. But um, to run down the, uh, the other primary cast, Ali Ahn, she plays um, the head of the CIA station in the UK. Otto Asando, he is the, I guess you would call him the, like the, not manager, that's not right. <laughs> but he handles all of Carrie Russell, Ambassador Weiler's, like day-to-day things for the, you know, whatever she has to do, like ambassador-wise. He handles all of the day-to-day stuff. David Giassi, he plays the uh, foreign secretary for the UK. Michael McKean is the president of the US, William Braver. Rory Kinnear is the uh, prime minister of the UK. His name is Tr- Prime Minister Trowbridge. And then let's see, Celia Emery plays a woman named Margaret Royland. People call her Maggie. And she is like this mysterious kind of character who has some um, nefarious background. But y'all, watch the show. It is so freaking good. Like it's funny, but it's like a dry humor because I'm telling you, you have never seen Carrie Russell in a role like this. You seriously have never seen her in a role like this. And she is hilarious because she is, you have never seen an ambassador be a disaster human until you've seen Carrie Russell as an ambassador, (laughs) disaster human. Watch this show, The Diplomat, Netflix, get into it. There is going to be a season two because I put the thing up there. So Netflix, please don't pull the rug out from underneath us and cancel season two before it even happens because it was so good. So yes. Let's do it. Diplomat. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't read. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't read. Yeah, I've heard nothing but but good things about that. So, yeah. <laughs> I think you would, I mean, you know, we, we are pretty copacetic yes. and symbiotic on our um, likes and dislikes, Aaron. So I think you would really like it. I think it's, um, I know it's not hard or anything like that, but it is, a, you know, there's a lot of, you know, intrigue and, you know, what's happening here, what's going on there. There's some bombs going off. Who did it? Who done it? So I think you'll like it. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. That's on, that's on my list. Yeah. Well, I am late to the party on this one. I know. And it's been mentioned a few times on the podcast before, but I finally watched The Lost City, uh, which you can watch that on Paramount Plus. I, don't know if it's still on Amazon Prime, but I know you can watch it on Paramount Plus. And finally, on um, Friday, I was like, I am just going to watch something I haven't watched. I'm going to put my phone to the side so I don't look at my phone and just watch something. And I chose that. And I, it was so funny. And it's not a book, but it correlates to a book because Sandra Bullock's character is a romance novel writer. <laughs> Thank you, Tiff. Eshel's like, no. It doesn't count. I, I can totally count. see that. Well, if there are no I, pages to turn. No, I co-sign this. I co-sign this. Because she talks about writing the whole time. I mean, there's even maps in it. Hello. Paper. And also, yeah. if you think about it, you know, Bullock has a B. There's an O there, which see? you can multiply by two. So you're also doing math. 
So it's a, it's really STEM. An and a then the K, so book. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know. <laughs> Careful there, Carla. That's a, that's a long stretch. You don't want to pull them out. <laughs> Wait, it's it's like- okay. Erin's hypermobile. <laughs> She'll be do- fine. Wait, did you do leg day for the like- stretching? Did you do leg day? <laughs> <laughs> I'm double jointed. So that's what I was trying to show is my double. But but it, but I, I really, really enjoyed this. I thought it was really funny. Channing Tatum is so good at comedy. And I want to see him in a lot more movies like this. He was so sweet. And I loved that he was so, like, he was, he had such a crush on her character from the very beginning. And it was so obvious and cute and sweet. And I also appreciated, because I was like, oh, I'm going to have to watch Brad Pitt. But I appreciated that, spoilers, Brad Pitt is not in the movie very much. (laughs) So I appreciated that. But I did like watching Channing Tatum feeling like, you know, wanting to be the one to say you're safe now and then having that line stolen from him and all this stuff. So I think it's really cute. It's it's funny. It's a great romantic comedy. And we need a lot more of those that are good and well done. And I really just to me, Channing Tatum is the big standout of the whole movie just because he's just so funny and sweet and charming and there's some really f- cute scenes between the two of them and, you know, even sharing a, not a bed, but sharing a hammock <laughs> together. <laughs> and there's only one bed? One of the best tropes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So I, I really, really, really highly recommend that one, especially if you're looking for something that's kind of escapist. You don't have to think too much. And it's really, really cute and sweet. And give us more good romantic comedies. But they don't have to have Brad Pitt in them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so now we're going to move on to one thing in pop culture or fandom, Carla, that has you going, this is nonsense, or has (laughs) you going, hallelujah. (laughs) I think that's your best one yet, Erin. I I, I think you've really outdone yourself with that one. Um, I'm switching over to the fandom of sports for a moment because... All right. So, you know, I'm in Florida. And as you know, sports here are laughable at best unless you're talking about the heat. And even then, that's not always a guarantee. But, but this year, inexplicably, the Stanley Panther, the, 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 um, the Florida Panthers have made it to the Stanley Cup. So the Stanley Cup play- playoffs are about to start. And the Panthers are in it. And I am shocked because as a longtime Panthers fan who has not had the opportunity to watch almost anything hockey in about 10 years, you know, like if, if you, if you're sitting there thinking, Oh, well, she has a 10 year old son. Is there any correlation? Yes. Yes, there is. I have zero time to myself, but 
I mean, historically, it's it's a team that's kind of like up and down. When it's great, it's great. And usually it's okay. And it's, a lot of it has to do with management. I am just here to say the management and the owners usually suck because then they do the typical Florida thing where like they grow great players and then they, they just trade them all off for really sucky ones. And they're like, oh, ho, ho, this is a great strategy. It's really not. Like, this is why you can't keep people invested in, in local sports. Anyway, so they've made it all the way to the playoffs. And while I'm like, yay, Panthers fan, wonderful. I'm also kind of angry because in the hockey pool that I'm in this year, I didn't pick a single Panthers player and I did not pick the Panthers to make it past the first round. So like, yeah. What is that about Panthers? Like you had to be really, really awesome on the one year that I'm like, you know what? I, I'm really tired of 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 um, betting on the Panthers and losing, and so I go with the freaking Bruins for nothing. So yeah, <laughs> go sports. We have a we have a lot of listeners, of course, in in Colorado since I'm from Colorado. So I know Abs fans are probably cursing you I, I don't know hockey very well but i know they're probably cursing you out right <laughs> i don't really think that there's a lot of rivalries be- between other teams and the florida panthers it's like maybe the lightning the tampa bay lightning i could give you but mm, i don't think it's the panthers that anyway's <laughs> gonna be rivaling about like th- that's like like having a rivalry with the, with the dolphins <laughs> and i think that's like dolphins jets and like you know that is hilarious yeah, the only the only sport I know anything about is baseball. So I'm always like, oh yes, yes, I I yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> something, something ball, something, something stick. Take me out to the ball game. Yeah. Sweet Caroline. Amen. <laughs> so so Eshell. I don't want to say it like that. Eshell does what has you uh Burning through pages. Ugh, that was stupid and lame. So <laughs> what is you excited or upset? Yeah. Okay. I have a little bit of a twofer also. So uh, I am very excited about Dead City coming out in uh, June 18th, I believe. That's kind of extending the Walking Dead universe. So that's Maggie and Negan's story. I'm a pretty big Walking Dead head. I mean, I've got the trivia cards, the board games, I've got zombie lamps, I've got like, so I'm a pretty big, I'm, the comic books, all of it. Um, so pretty excited about that. Even I know Walking Dead has been accused of a few things, burying their gays being one. Um, but they've also done some other like really cool things. Um, I, you know, one I think about is they had a episode that was in all Spanish. And so they've done some other cool things too. But uh Anywho, so I'm very excited about that, about the new the you know new shows that are coming. But my complaint in that is so all this time I've been with this show since the beginning, and all this time Dare was one of my favorite characters, and so we've been watching him, and we've been like, okay, well, what's going on with Daryl and this person? Maybe he's just like a demi romantic, demi sexual character or whatever, and they kind of tease a couple things here and there. I was never a Daryl Carol shipper. I don't really see them that way, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, 
So to, to those of you who do, you you like what you like, and that's fine. But I don't really see them that way. But then this other season, or one of the later seasons, when they put him with this other woman, I'm like, who the heck is she? I don't care about her. And so why waste Daryl's romantic arc on this girl that I don't know this be? So I'm very upset about that because I feel like they wasted my time with that whole deal. And because she was like coming after Maggie too. And I was like, girl, no, you have no place here. So very excited about that. A little disappointed and upset about how they did some stuff the last season. But but that's okay because I'm still a loyal fan. Um, and so that's just kind of part of it. But yeah, that's what I'm excited about. Dead City, June 18th. Yeah, someday we will have to talk about The Walking Dead. I I used to I used to love The Walking Dead, and then um, I stopped before uh, before Negan even came on there. I did see the infamous scene, of course, and so I haven't watched it in like a long time. And I was a Carol and Daryl shipper. I. <laughs> Thanks. Somehow I just knew it. <laughs> Tips on my side. I know. I knew it too. It just figures. I know. Mm, yeah. It just totally figures. tracks. <laughs> totally tracks. It just they had a love that lasted ages. <laughs> Thank you, Tip. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we will have to cover it at some point. And I don't know why we haven't yet. Probably because I'm like, I don't know if I want to <laughs> go dive back. Into it. But it was one of those that like uh, before binging was even really necessarily the thing it is. I binged like the first season when I was really sick and I was homesick and decided to just give it a try and was so hooked right away and just really liked uh, the characters. And of course, in every zombie show the real villains are human beings so yeah i'll have to go back and and check it out so yep awesome and daryl and carol for forever <laughs> for the win so tiff <laughs> tiff the only other person here with good taste just kidding love you carla and michelle so tiff what uh what are you excited about or upset about or both about well, I'm excited and yet disappointed because it's not here yet. <laughs> but my guiltiest of guilty pleasures, The Meg 2. <laughs> the trailer came out and debuted and it looks as ridiculous as I thought it was going to be. And I can't wait to see this movie. I'm so disappointed that it doesn't come out until August because I want it right now. I want it right now. Give it to me right now. Because now there are three Megs. <laughs> there are three of these things. <laughs> so give it to me. Inject it into my veins. I am ready for these giant prehistoric sharks <laughs> to wreak havoc on the population of the ocean. <laughs> I can't wait. I didn't know we had to wait till August. Yeah, man. That's lame. lame. That's so, uh, the first one was so much fun. Oh my gosh. Such a fun movie. Yes. Yes. So I, am excited for it too. And I will be rooting for the Meg, all three of them, as I always do, because it's not their fault. (laughs) (laughs) It's not their fault that people go digging where they're not supposed to be digging. I mean, hello, 
it's the deepest part of the ocean for a reason. Exactly. People aren't supposed to be down there. Hello. Yep. I'm just saying. August 4th, y'all. August 4th. That's when it's coming out. That's my sister's birthday. That's my sister's birthday. Ah, See? I know she should get it for a gift. (laughs) I was just going to say, like, oh, I am sure she would just love if you took her to that movie. (laughs) She'll be like... so excited. Exactly. Like, Aaron, I I told you I'm not letting you pick any movies to take me to anymore. And now you're gonna although she loved Cocaine Bear and and Megan, so I don't know, maybe she will want to see it. Speaking of that, go go look up the trailer for Cocaine Shark. <laughs> movie made for probably a hundred dollars. Just go watch the trailer, you won't regret it. Seriously, but yes, I'm excited about about uh, the Meg too. So, yay, yay, and we're excited about you too, Meg. <laughs> if you're listening to this and excited because you keep hearing your name, and Tiff and I are like just on this great wavelength today. I'm yeah. feeling it. I mean, I'm feeling the work. I'm feeling the vibe. It's just I mean, there's so much flow. There's so much back and forth. This is amazing. I don't know if we've ever been this in tune with each other. Like, what is happening here? Are we sharing a brain today or what? (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I've said it before. I'm very, very excited for the Barbie movie. And they dropped a new trailer and it looks hilarious. And I'm so, so glad that Greta Gerwig realizes Ryan Gosling is so damn good at comedy. And he looks fantastic. And I'm so glad that someone has realized that. And Margot Robbie looks great. Everyone looks great. But what I'm upset about is there was a tweet that came out. And this woman's like, I know I'm in the minority here, but I am not excited about the Barbie movie. It's just a toy ad. And when did we stop talking about people selling out? And I can't believe people are calling this cinema. I'm like, and rightly, she was attacked. And it's like, okay, get over yourself. Let people enjoy what they flipping want to enjoy. Not everything has to be an art house picture. Not everything has to be the best, grandest thing. Cinema means basically every kind of movie you're going to go and see. And let people have fun. Let people enjoy themselves. And it's also, you know, I saw some people pointing out, it's amazing how Greta Gerwig, anytime she is releasing a movie, gets like critiqued even more than a lot of other directors do. I don't know what it is that possibly could make that happen. I don't know. Could it be that she's a woman? (laughs) But it's just, it's, I'm like, give me a break. It looks fun and the term selling out because she's making a, she made a Barbie movie when it's not like Barbie is struggling and Mattel is struggling for making a profit. It's just, it annoys me. And that whole discourse annoys me. And then I saw another, a TikTok with a, with Quentin Tarantino talking about streaming and movies and how, and how he didn't, that's not the business he got into. That's television. And I'm like, yeah, you're also someone who has this weird 
you know, I'm, I'm not kink shaming. That's fine that you're into feet, whatever. But the way you do it in your film sometimes feels a little bit exploitive of the actors. So, you know, hey, whatever. And you also just like any excuse to use the N-word. And so give me a break, dude. Just all of these people just need to get over themselves and get out of their stupid, snobby film school mentality. Yes, I know Quentin Tarantino didn't go to film school, but it's that same mentality of it has to be art. It has to be cinematic. Anyway, so it's really annoying and irksome. And I can't wait for the Barbie movie to do huge numbers and be great. And I can't wait for her to inevitably see it and she won't admit it and end up liking it. I don't know for sure that this will happen, but I'm just, it just annoyed me so much and all these people agreeing. And then, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> but I'm excited for it. And the scene where Ryan Gosling in the trailer says, <laughs> When he delivers that line about, yes, I would like to uh, perform an appendectomy, just one. I'll get a doctor. Well, you're you're a woman. I need you know doctors are men, and just the way he delivers it, so I say doctor over there. <laughs> he's just an orderly, and he's like, oh, here we go. Here's somebody should be talking to. <laughs> but, and he's in the he's in the cowboy outfit too. And it's like, <laughs> He's got this just insipid grin on his face. That's why I love Brian Gosling in comedy. Because he is, I mean, he leans into it. He's like, I'm going to make myself look like an absolute fool. And it works on so He's like, hey, Barbie, I'm coming with you. (laughs) She's like, ah! This movie is amazing. I don't care what anybody says. It looks hilarious when she's dancing. Does anybody ever think about death? I love it. I love Stop. It. Yes. I I love it too. And there's there's a meme that's going around where where they have uh the picture of Barbie when Barbie gets arrested, the the mugshot, and then Ken and you know with the big smile. And then next to it is mugshots of Sam and Dean from Supernatural. And it's really, really hilarious. So I, I highly recommend looking at that. But yeah. And if you want to see Ryan Gosling do some great physical comedy as well, go check out The Nice Guys. He is so hilarious in that. So, yes. See, Tiff and I, once again, we're on this. (laughs) Well, I mean, everybody knows Ryan Gosling is an absolute spectacular actor. He has, I mean, you talk about somebody that has the range, he has the range, right? But he also got pigeonholed a lot of times into these very serious roles. You know, mm-hmm. this uh, art, acting, you know, that type of thing. But yes, yes. Michelle is, mm, Michelle is giving it to us. She's giving it to us. <laughs> but, maybe, because, maybe because of that, people think that this is supposed to be cinema. Cinema. And they're confused. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but like Aaron said about like the, the, the nice, it, his physical comedy is amazing because we're talking about somebody who is like, okay, the dude is ripped. He's, you know, he's got a nice body and, but he made himself look like a total like blunderer. It was amazing. He's also, it's not so much physical comedy, but his comedic timing in, um, I know you all know what I'm talking about with Steve Carell. Crazy Stupid Love. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, it sounds like a TLC song. So, yes, his his timing in that is impeccable. 
especially when you come up when he plays across somebody like a Steve Carell, who is known as a comedic actor, right? So yes, give Ryan Gosling his flowers. Give us more comedy. I don't care if it's a rom-com. I don't care if it's straight comedy. Just inject it into my veins because he's a monster. Oh my gosh. See, Tiff, I'm so used to every time, like lately, everybody's like, oh, I don't like Ryan Gosling, but I make, and I'm like, I love Ryan Gosling. No one ever loves Ryan Gosling like me. So thank you, Tiff. <laughs> I am offended. <laughs> I am offended. My disabilities <laughs> are ruined right now. If I had pearls, I'd be clutching them. Let me go grab them out of my jewelry box. <laughs> Thank you, Tiff. Yes. And and if you want to see a great dramatic role from him, even though I don't know if I can ever watch the movie again, Drive is terrifying. Oh my gosh, he's so the elevator scene in that Drive movie. Drive is so good. That movie is so good. The place behind the beyond the pines. Oh yes, yes. Oh. Oh, yes. So good. So good. Yes. Blue Valentine, which is one of the best scripts. I read the script for that, and that's one of the best scripts I have ever read in my life was the script for that. That, that movie. is a hard movie to watch. Very that hard, is an exceptionally but- hard movie to watch. You talk about, like, you know, the death of a marriage, the death of a relationship. He and um, Michelle Williams just, they did that. Yes. I would need a lot of therapy if I had to act in that. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I, I love Carla and Michelle too, but I mean, <laughs> sometime just Tiff and I are going to be on. Sounds fake. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I, Carla, I don't know about you, but I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I resent this. If I knew this was going to go in this direction, I would have, you know, made other plans. Michelle and I are too good for this. <laughs> That's right. We deserve better. Come, Michelle, let us start our own fandom podcast. I love that you're going into an accent there, Carl. Uh, yes. This um, is just my regular speech. It's just because you never listen to me. <laughs> I can't even know that this is how I've always spoken. Oh, the gall. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and just one last thing before we move on to the last thing about, about Ryan Gosling. I just wanted to say this thing that he said because he was like, yeah, playing Ken wasn't on my bucket list, but he's like, but then again, I don't have a bucket list. So. <laughs> I just liked that. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Goat guns are goat. Our miniature gun models will make you the center point of attention. Display them at your office desk, bookshelf, or man cave. Collect and customize goat guns to your own liking. Each goat gun model has intricate parts that snap together to assemble. Start your next hobby addiction at GoatGuns.com. Okay, but for our last thing, for our main topic here, of course, it is the start of Pride. And with that comes all of the retailers, sports teams, everybody, you know, let it is showing that they support LGBTQIA plus for the month of June. And of course, a lot of that 
is money, everything like that. Well, the big thing that actually happened uh, this past week is, if you're not aware, Target, uh, they basically pulled a lot of their Pride merchandise and their displays because of the fact that there were customers that were coming down, knocking down Pride displays at some stores and angrily approaching workers and posting threatening videos on social media. And Target said in a statement last Tuesday that since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work. Given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. And this, of course, has upset a lot of people, rightfully. But I also wanted to talk about the fact that during this time of year, this is when you'll see support from companies, but it is all in the name of making money, of course. And you might not see that support year-round. So, Carla, what are your thoughts on retailers and their annual rollout of Pride merchandise? Except for the... And I can't even come up with, with an example, so that'll tell you how many of them are out there. Except for the ones who consistently, year-round, show support, it's worthless. It, it doesn't mean anything. You know, like I don't fault people for for um, maybe grabbing one or two cute shirts or items or something like that, because, you know, like if you like it, why the hell not? But don't mistake a rainbow for actual support. It, it It's seriously like it doesn't cost them almost anything because they they just need a theme. And guess what? June has nothing. June doesn't have um, leprechauns. June doesn't have hearts. June doesn't have Santa Claus. They just needed something to hang their merchandising hook on. So they're like, Pride Month, Pride Month. So this is all of its marketing. All of it is just something like a, a hook to grab people. And they're only doing it because it is what most of the people with money to shop in their stores approve of corporations are not your friends corporations don't care about you corporations don't care about your feelings any support that you see from a corporation take it with a boulder of salt with, with the uptick of the black lives matter movement in 2020 and their shallow support and suddenly putting out like shirts that have like you know you know pro-black um slogans on them or just Anything, any time that there's a popular movement towards something, never assume that that means that they're on the right side of history. It just means that they see people with money gravitating towards these moors and they're going to cater to those people. But guess what? That awful fascist, homophobic, racist minority is out there and they're vocal and they're armed. So that's the, the, the problem here. The problem isn't so much that they have that much sway, really. It, it's that they can have the appearance of having sway. And that's really all that, that, that matters. So that's really all that, that they care about. On top of it, when you look at where the money that these corporations, where that money is going, 
even the ones that seem to consistently show support, look at where their money is going. Is it going to, like, what pack are they supporting? What initiatives are they supporting? What politicians are they supporting? More often than, than not, it's not going to be to somebody that you want sitting in office making policy for you and your family. Because as much as they're, they're going to court your, you know, pro-people dollars, they're going to support their own interests. And their own interests are supported and bolstered by the people who want you dead. It's not being dramatic. That is simply what it is. The people who want you dead are the ones that are reaping the benefits of what these corporations corporations make in the end. There's never anything truly ethical when it comes to capitalism. There's, you know, and again, I'm not demonizing the people who shop at these stores simply because we live in a capitalistic society and a particularly crappy one where you are not being paid enough to live, where you are constantly having your rights undermined and legislated out and where you are, your ability to earn a livable wage is constantly in peril. So yeah, some of these stores have the best bargains. I would love to shop at every mom and pop store that I see that has values that I support, but guess what? I don't have the money to go every single time and spend something that I can get cheaper somewhere else, not because I don't want to, not because I don't truly believe in what I believe in, but simply because I need to be able to afford medication. So whatever, every time that I see the, the pride merchandise, I'm like, okay, great. Here we go again. You know, um, it's, it's cute and all, but it just, it just really makes me angry at the, um, at just how gullible the corporations think we are and how gullible they can rightfully assume that people are because there isn't enough education out there for people to really figure out, no, these people just want to harm you. And they're looking for the, a way to do it that also, that, you know, that can empty your pocket while you're going down. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm angry about it. Like, you know, sports teams, look at, look at the owners of sports teams. Where do the, where does their money go? Think about how many of them voted for Trump. Think about how many of them are donating money to DeSantis and Trump and Pence and whoever the hell else they think will get them back in office, really, because that's really what they're trying to do. They're trying to get back in office. Ugh, that's a whole other thing because it's not like the Democrats are doing much of anything either. Democrats are good at talking good game and doing absolutely nothing. They squander every opportunity they have to support and uh, secure our rights. And then they just sit there and point the finger at the Republicans. And everything comes down to money and wanting to keep a hold of it. Yep. Yep. You shall. Yeah. So I think that, okay, I'll start with the sports stuff. I feel like, okay, there could be some good in it because they're at least like trying to show, we acknowledge that there is a whole trans community or queer community. They're trying to show that, but, but I don't know. I don't think the intention for that is to do anything more than to show, oh, yeah, we're aware that this exists because they've not done anything to make any of the leagues more friendly to queer trans people. 
um, that, that I can see. They haven't done anything like that. I mean, you're still pretty much, um, if you are a, a queer or trans person and you, you do come out like that, that's going to affect your professional career. Um, you're probably not going to be recruited if they know that about you beforehand. And so they've not really done anything with that, like showing like, oh yeah, we're going to acknowledge it and we're going to wear rainbow colors and that kind of thing. And so um, it still feels pretty em- empty and shallow. A couple other things. If you're only priding in the month of June, that's not pride is is what I would say. Um, and also as a consumer, for me, kind of like what Carla was saying, I do try to buy anything I'm going to buy uh, that is pride related. I'm going to try to shop queer owned for that. And I'm going to try to get it directly from those vendors. You know, so if I want a new shirt or whatever, I'm going to get that from a queer owned business directly. Is is That's kind of what I would advise people to do. Now on Target, I know that they do that for some of their merchandise. They do buy that from queer owned vendors. I don't know how long they've been doing that. And I know some of it is just Target brand. They're just selling their own stuff. But yeah, that whole situation, I just, I can respect you looking out for your employees' safety, but I'm also like, you're getting a very small taste that's really not going to cost you anything because you can just file for an insurance claim on whatever was damaged, but you're getting a very, 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 very small taste of what queer people deal with every single day. And you're like, oh, we can't do this. We got to re-strategize everything. And I'm like, mm, that just feels a little bit privileged to me that that you can go and do that. And so it also it also feels like they're letting the bad guys win, you know? I'm not saying that they have that they need to ignore the safety of their employees. I'm not saying that, but I just I don't know that that was handled correctly by them. And especially if it's going to be okay, we were doing this this great thing because we were buying things from these smaller queer-owned businesses and putting in them, them in our store, and so that's exposing them to bigger audiences. But now we may not do that anymore because people are tearing up our store. I'm like, well, how about we address the people who are tearing up your store? Because I think that's probably illegal. So how about we like do something with that instead of punishing these people who would want to come here and buy this merchandise and the queer owned vendors who, who could benefit from this. So that is really my, my issue with, um, with target. But yeah. And then the other thing is if you're doing something under the pride umbrella, but Queer people are not contributing to that or benefiting from that directly. That don't call that pride because that's something else. That's just profit. That's not pride. And I think that's really just what it is, just seeing how much of pride is just performative allyship where you're not really doing anything. If you're not going out where it really matters, if you're not going out to the polls, if you're not intentionally educating yourself on these laws that are that are passing, that are very anti-trans, that are very anti-queer that are anti-people, I'll say anti-human rights, I would say, if you're not educating yourself on that and doing things at the local level, at the state level, at the federal level to do something about that, if you're not intentionally seeking out queer vendors to support and things like that, then I don't know how great of an ally you're being anyway. I mean, part of it is being on the front lines and in the fight with the, with the people. And so just going to Target and buying something that has a rainbow on it, that doesn't really make you an ally. So I think it's a bit of a conversation with people who do call themselves allies and having to say, okay, what does that, what should that look like? What am I really doing to show my support and concern and care for my fellow man or woman or them or they? <laughs> and uh, also just calling the corporations out like Carla was doing like, no, that's you, this is for a profit for you. Like, like she said, you needed something to 
you needed something to sell in the month of June and you weren't going to sell Juneteenth stuff because that's too polarizing and that's a small population. And so they're not going to come buy it from you. So you just wanted to capitalize on something else and you pick this and, but it's all about you and it's all about your dollars. And so there's no real allyship in that. And so I think it just involves a lot of honest conversations with, with people individually and with corporations to just say, no, you're not going to, you're not going to sell me crap in covered in glitter and make me think that you're really doing something good for the world. So that's kind of where I stand on it. I wish that it was more genuine. I wish that it had more direct benefits, but uh, I just don't think that's where, that's where it is. And Tiff. I mean, it's, it's capitalism at work. Let's just call a spade a spade. Any way that a corporation can make money, they're going to find a way to make money. I think like Michelle mentioned though, it's it's amazing to me that they have not called out the people that are, you know, um, causing this destruction and they have in their stores, they're going to reassess and, you know, shift things around. Well, how about you go old school like they used to do in the corner stores and the liquor stores? And put up their pictures and say, hey, <laughs> look out for these people. Cause destruction. You all remember that, right? They used to do that when people mm-hmm. like would steal cigarettes and, you know, or um, steal merchandise or whatever it was in the store that they were selling. Well, do that. Let's uh, let's make sure people know, hey, these are people that will cause th- that will cause some type of harm to your merchandise, even if it is in the name of capitalism. I mean, hello, let's embarrass people. Let's do this. Let's, let's make sure your bosses know and your friends and family know, although probably your family is in the same boat as you and they don't care, but let's make sure that your, your bosses know what type of of person you are. Um, If it, if it's bugging you, Hey, walk on by. You don't have to shop there. Just leave it alone. Go, Go elsewhere. Go Go to Hobby Lobby. Do do something like that. I mean, come on. There's plenty of places that don't lean into it. So just go. Bye-bye. See ya. The one thing with Target, I will say, yes, is it blatantly obvious that it's for this month only? Yes, it is. Because they put it literally front and center when you walk in. It's like, bam, rainbows. (laughs) It's It's like My Little Pony and threw up everywhere in the front of the store. (laughs) So yes, Target, it is blatantly obvious that you are advertising to a certain subset of folks and that you are trying to make money off of it. Uh, I will say though, that they are equal opportunity and they do this for Black History Month and they do this for Halloween and they do this for uh what else saint patrick's day they do it for cinco de mayo they do it for hispanic heritage month (laughs) i mean the list goes on and on they even have a display i mean they they separate it out from the pride month stuff but they have a display for they have a small area for juneteenth things that when juneteenth became a federal holiday then that's when they put this like display on there. So, I mean, I got my girls a couple of shirts. I got myself a shirt too, because they do highlight, they do take, uh, I know for Juneteenth, they did take uh, black designers and highlighted their work for this. So, I mean, 
at the at minimum, at minimum, you are supporting that particular artist who has something to do with it. And I'm pretty sure they do the same thing with the Pride Month stuff um, because they had like overalls. They actually had some really cute clothes, y'all. I, I won't lie because I was like, yeah, let me take a look and see what they've got. And yes, they have some cute overalls. <laughs> but just at, at, like at uh, at I was at Disneyland. I told the I told the panel I was at Disneyland yesterday, and you talk about. I mean, it is everywhere at Disneyland. And we know that Disney is a bit more on the right side of things as opposed to the left side of things. So that was actually surprising to me simply because it was very, very prominent. Like if if for the for your listeners, Aaron, who have never like gotten to see Disneyland or Disney World and like how their stores are set up. Each store has separate areas that pertain to like different Disney branding. So you'll have like a Star Wars section. You'll have right now the Little Mermaid section is huge in all of these stores um, because obviously the movie just came out. The live action movie just came out. So each section pretty much had like pride things attached to that particular section, which I found interesting because it's not just like, oh, Here's one pride section for the store. No, they had it like for each individual Disney property, which was interesting to me. So I don't know if it's Disney providing the opportunity for people that, you know, that are supportive of the LGBTQIA community and wanting to show that with their favorite Disney characters, or if it's like, again, one more way to make money, probably the latter, <laughs> probably the latter. But honestly, you know what? It gives people the opportunity to to wear things that they associate with themselves or with their friends or with their family, and then also with characters that they like, and with you know, if they, and with Disney properties and movies that they like. So I, in that instance, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Um, and I think they do have they keep a section up um, because I know my daughter told me that they had some stuff even before, you know, right before yesterday, they had some sections up before this, before yesterday. So I think they are kind of like a year round type of deal. They don't just pull it out before June starts. So that's the minimum, but it's something I have to say. It is, it's a little something, I guess, but (sighs) capitalism rules the world. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is any way that a company and corporations can make money, they will use. And, you know, I mean, I will say on on the plus side of it is that, you know, it's funny because I, I do think a lot of it is just hollow and shallow and it's just all about making money. Most of it is about that. But I will say that if there are like a bunch of stores doing a bunch of corporations doing it, and then one corporation refuses to do it. I really, really dislike them even more just because it's like, if you're not even going to do like the very, very bare minimum that could even make you money, then it really, really shows who you are. Like you will know, like there's no way I can go to a hobby lobby. And the only way that you can, the only reason that that's a little bit easier to avoid is just with having Michael's right there. But that doesn't necessarily mean Michael's is necessarily great and wonderful with all the people that are there too. But Hobby Lobby is just so upfront about their 
prejudice that it's, you know, it's right there in front of your face all the time. Like I saw a TikTok that I guess supposedly a reason that you won't you won't find barcodes on most things at Hobby Lobby because it's something having to do with a sign the sign of the beast. I know. <laughs> and so someone went into a Hobby Lobby and was like, let's see if this is true. And everything they were mm-hmm. picking up didn't have a barcode. On yeah, it's got price stickers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go they go old school. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard that years ago. So yeah, I had just yeah. heard that. Yeah, it's 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 in the it's in the the um the book of Revelation. It's, it's mostly apocryphal, but there's a there's certain things I, that <laughs> that do. It's I mean it is things to a barcode. It's obscure. <laughs> it's yeah. obscure. I'm telling you, it is. But yeah, it's yeah yeah. So is this like a retailer's version of the Bible? Like. King, King's, King James. It's the, message, it's the message version. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah. So it's just, but it is, it is all about capitalism because, I mean, the big thing you have to look at is if you are going to be a supporting pride, like like has been said, that should be a year long thing, and then maybe I don't know, speak out now about the fact that trans lives are literally in danger <laughs> in danger and i mean there are laws that are trying to be passed that are tr- that they're trying to pass to make it illegal to be trans basically so i mean if if you if you are supposedly in support then um definitely speak out about it and that's how you do more so I'm, i don't really have much more to add but i just do find it kind of it's the hollow shallow support it's you know um it's when everybody turned their profile picture to a black square and then after a while when that was up nothing else they're gonna you know when they're like okay that was fashionable for this time period and then that's it that's all that someone did instead of speaking out saying anything donating money anything like that so it's that it's that kind of shallow shallow support and yes you know that's the thing is that um I mean, yes, of course, I am going to vote for Biden in this upcoming election. But the thing is, is that Democrats, you you need to not just cave all the time and actually do what you say you're going to do. You know, I mean, come on. It's, it's that whole thing of, you know, scared to lose certain donors and scared to lose certain people. And let's let's go more middle and centrist and all of that crap. That's not getting us anywhere, and people are dying. So you know, come on, just do something. I mean, anyway, uh, you know, earn, earn, earn that vote that we are giving you. We are giving you your our vote. So earn that and actually do something. You know, Aaron. Can I add one more thing, Aaron? I'm sorry. I wanted to double check before I spoke out of turn, but um. I was looking at some of the companies that I've looked into. I always feature a queer owned business in every book box that I do for every month. And so I was looking at some of their pages because I wanted to be sure. But some of these, they created special campaigns just for their target exclusive merchandise. And they, you know, they paid money to get that developed and they worked for a year on these designs and to get their collections featured. And some of them, everything that they designed has been removed, not only from the stores, but the websites as well. 
Some of them, they've had things removed from the store, but they're available on the website, but not the full collection. Just maybe one or two pieces are still there. And so this directly impact, negatively impacted these queer-owned businesses because they let the people who came in causing destruction win. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about, right? If you're the whole thing was they intentionally sought out these queer owned businesses. And so it looks really great. And we want to we want to applaud them because they did that. But then now you're punishing them because you've removed their stuff because you don't want to upset your white majority, your straight white evangelical majority and lose out on their dollars and their money. So it's like any good intention that you had in the beginning. Now all of that is up for question because of how you responded to this situation. And it just makes me a little upset because I think about how in the 50s and 60s, how Black people are arrested for just doing a sit-in, for just trying to actually literally pay for a cup of coffee, to sit here in a respectable manner and just pay for a cup of coffee. And they are arrested for that. But people can come in and tear up displays and spew all this hatred. And you're like, okay, well, you know, well, that upset you. And we're, we're so concerned about our safety. Sure. You really care about your employees. I have friends who work at Target. You don't care about your employees. Okay. So I take that back. Earlier, I said, I respect you caring about their safety, but I kind of take it back because I do know people who work there and you don't care about their safety. And so I don't know. I just, after seeing those posts again and just kind of reminding myself of the very real people who are queer people who are being affected by this and their businesses and the capital that they were counting on to continue to run their stores to continue to operate and pay for their living, you know, all that is impacted by the decision that Target made on that because they are cowering to these people who came in there and caused caused a fuss. And so I'm sorry, I just got a little bit heated and I wanted to point that out. You don't don't have to apologize. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also, it's, it's not just capitalism, but it's also part of white supremacy too. So that's also part of what's, what's working there too. So thank you. So thank you all so much. We could definitely, maybe someday we'll do a whole episode on this because it is a huge broader topic and could cover a bunch of other things and just how capitalism and marketing plays into it too. So, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. I'm going to go around and have my panelists tell me where they can be found and their podcast. Carla, where can you be found on Bedwetter Behead? You can find Bedwetter Behead wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Wherever you find po- the word podcast, there's probably Bedwetter Behead. I was waiting for you to click download and listen and, you know, subscribe, maybe rate, buy some merch. Why not? We have merch on the bubble, the red one, red bubble. Uh, you can find us. Our online presence is uh, on Twitter. We are at bedwetbeheadpod. On Instagram, we are at bed.wet.behead.pod. On um, TikTok, where we have an abundance of videos coming in at five of them at Bed Wet Behead Pod. You can look for me and my art and my musings at Carlatemis on Instagram or look for my website, Carlatemis.com. That's C A R L A T E M I S dot com. I did a little shimmy with my a little shimmy. <laughs> a little shimmy. <laughs> for the website. <laughs> <laughs> and Ishel. Um, uh, you can find my podcast at Liberty Diner Dish, wherever you stream your podcasts. And you can probably find us on social media there as well. Um, I hawk my books at um 
Mahogany Mail Book Box. That's our Instagram handle, I believe. Um, So you can find us there. And also just like other book suggestions. And um, yeah, I think it's important to, uh, like I said, shop queer owned, but also read queer stories, um, be they classics or fiction or nonfiction. I think that's important too. So that's another good way to celebrate Pride Month. So we're always throwing out book recommendations and, and artist recommendations and junk like that over there too. So that's where I'm at. Awesome. And Pink Plate Special, too. Oh, right. And Pink Plate Special. You can also find that podcast, too. Sometimes I go on that one (laughs) 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 when I'm feeling it. (laughs) And Tiff? Yeah, I'm out there. I'm I'm nowhere and everywhere. <laughs> at who is tip is me. If you need me, you can find me. I trust me. At who is tip is me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm out there. <laughs> That's awesome. And this is Erin. And once again, don't don't follow me, but follow Fergie on TikTok at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S C H R O E D E R A N D F E R G S. I know it's long, but it is worth it. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Go follow us over on YouTube as well uh, at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, please reach out to us via our website, It's a Fandom Thing Pod.com and click the contact us button there and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. And on our next episode, we're going to be kicking off. Pride Month with a look at LGBTQIA plus representation in television. I'm really looking forward to that. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.